Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 26 for me and season 22 for Amanda. And this is day 13 of season 94, The Midpoint. Question one gives us four French-sounding names and asks what they were used for. Uh, in particular, the one that tipped this for me for, was Thermidor. Mm -hmm. uh, it is the title of a Sandman story from the comics, and mm. presumably, I hope, eventually from the Netflix series. <laughs> uh, it was the story about the end of the French Revolution, or at least the end of, I think, Robespierre. Uh, and it was part of a mini arc of individual stories that were all named after months. Uh, another huh. one was August about Caesar, okay. uh, Julius and Augustus, the relationship between them. Sure. Uh, and, th and the other was one of the more famous Sandman stories, Three Septembers and a January, which was the retelling of the Emperor Norton story. Ah. Uh, so I just, I, I always remembered that there was that, uh, that little run of stories that were all named after months and Thermidor in particular stuck with me. Mm. Uh, it, it also helped that I subscribed to a Twitter account that does nothing but tweet out the days of the French revolutionary calendar. Oh, uh, because not only did they take the names of the various gods out of the month and emperors out of the months and the days, mm -hmm. uh, they also designated a particular uh, item, I think, generally of nature or of industry uh, uh -huh. to, to mark each day. Sure. Um, and if I had thought about this a little more, I would have looked at today's and told you what it is. But it's, you know, it's stuff like, you know, today commemorates like the mustard seed and, you know, the tomato okay. and things like that. So, huh. so that's kind of, kind of a constant low, low buzz every day. I get this thing with, you know, a French revolutionary month in in it. I feel like you buried the lead on how you know this one. Well, I I don't pay enough attention to that tweet. I just kind of glance at it when it comes in and mm. uh, and that's it. Um, but but what really uh, what really sinked it for sunk it for me was Thermidor. Okay. Like I just remember that story. So I knew that this was months uh, specifically of the French Revolutionary calendar, but I just said months. They were named. They were used for that. Okay. Um, I did not uh, have that recall. The only the things that I picked out of um, the question initially were Germinal, which is the title of a book by Emile Zola. And uh, Thermidor is, of course, Lobster Thermidor is a famous, mm -hmm. you know, gourmet sort of old school dish. Um, but those two things together don't really, you know, produce any particular um, category or whatever for me. And so that plus the fact that the question is phrased as these things were names used for what made me think that the what was a singular thing, um, you know, that, that kind of led me away from thinking, well, are these names of like, I, you know, thinking of lobster thermidors, thinking are these chefs, are these restaurants, but like the 12 years beginning in 1793 made me think, well, that's like the you know, part of the French Revolution, like that's a specifically defined period for that reason. Um, and so I, I went back to thinking it has to be something associated with that. I thought perhaps these were other names for like the guillotine, you know, before it kind of, I don't know, settled on being the guillotine, you know, it was named after the inventor and everything. I thought that doesn't sound really quite like the thing. And I thought, well, maybe they had some different renamings of, you know, the palace at Versailles. 
because, you know, you want it not to have that uh, emperor, you know, royalty connotation to it. And so I thought maybe these were different, you know, sort of proposed names or um, names used by different people or during different parts of that 12-year period. So I put down Versailles. Reasonable. Mm. But it was months of the yeah, of course it is. Yeah, calendar. no, that was that was definitely a guess, more or less. Question two gives us some Broadway shows and says they got their start off Broadway at a venue in New York, opened by Joseph Papp, uh, and named for its founding principle that art and culture belong to everyone. Yeah, so that's that last bit is really what clinched it for me, um, because I knew there was. Uh, an off-Broadway venue called the Public Theater. Um, and I, it, it, you know, if you had asked me what theater did Hamilton start in without any other context clues, I don't, I don't know. Um, but with all of this kind of, you know, pointing the way towards that particular name and phrase, which I'm sure I've heard in association with that show in particular, um, then I thought, yeah, I think there's this thing called the Public Theater um, that's, you know, off-Broadway in New York that, that, you know, shows get their start in oftentimes. And I just thought, yeah, that's that's really all I got. If it's if it's named after, like, yep. someone else specific, because that's how a lot of the theaters are. They're mm -hmm. named after their founders or they're named mm -hmm. after, you know, a famous Broadway personage that, right. you know, um, it, it, it's named in their honor. And so telling us that this one was opened by this specific person, but, you know, if you include the name in there, then clearly the question is not leading you to it being named after that. Yeah, it's not the Joey Papp Auditorium. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, and it clearly says named for its founding principle and describes that. So um, that just sounded exactly like it must be the public theater. And that's what I put down. Yeah. My first thought following much the same was the open theater because ah. um, I know that New York had the open university oh, okay. whether it still does mm. which is kind of a, a an educational institution founded on sort of the same principle mm -hmm. uh, but then I read again and open includes or open is in this question mm -hmm. uh, even if just kind of barely um, so I figured well if it were the open theater Thorsten would have uh, would have avoided that so what else would uh, would something like this be uh, named for a principle that art and culture belong to everyone? And I thought, the public theater? Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Have I heard of it? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> does, it, does it fit in a hole in my brain where I might have seen this? Because I, like, I know I've read the Wikipedia article about Hamilton and therefore have seen all the theaters yeah. that it was workshopped in. Uh -huh. So clearly I've read about whatever this was, mm -hmm. but that wasn't fitting in that space in my brain, but it wasn't not fitting in that space in my brain. Sure. So uh, for lack of anything better, I went with the public theater. Okay. And that was the correct answer. Huh. Uh, they, it was spelled with an R-E at the end. I uh, put E-R, but I, I'm sure that'll be accepted. Yeah, I can't imagine that won't count. Question three gives us the traits of a little primate native to uh, South and Southeast Asian forests and talks about adjectives that are associated with it. Specifically, slender, slow, and pygmy slow as mm -hmm. uh, types of this thing. Yep. So I thought, oh, okay, so this is the slow something. Uh-huh. 
I just sort of let that percolate. Like, you know, I tried to kind of imagine uh, uh, a a primate with uh, dark rings around large eyes and what that might look like, and kind mm-hmm. of uh, not a not a rhesus monkey. What's the other thing that's like that? A lemur, yes. Mm-hmm. Even though that word didn't actually come into my brain, oh. I, was, I was I was like seeing one and thinking like. Like, I feel like I was imagining sort of a cartoon lemur, if there is one. Yeah. Uh, okay. There is in the Madagascar there, there, Yeah, Madagascar. Okay. But I knew, I knew it wasn't that thing, but it was like something near that thing. And I knew it was the slow something in particular was what was going to trigger it for me. So uh-huh. I just let it percolate, came back to it later, and I immediately thought the slow loris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is that a thing? I have no idea. <laughs> but... I know that I have heard the words slow and loris right next to each other before. So, yeah. The slender loris doesn't. The slow loris, yep. The pygmy slow loris, eh, maybe. But the slow loris just just worked there. And I thought, okay, yeah, we'll go with loris. Yeah, so this one was a very quick get for me, and it uh, um, made it very hard to score because I don't think of this as a super commonly referenced animal in you know even when you're talking about like what are animals in the zoo you don't think well the first thing i think of is a slow loris um so the thing was uh a friend of mine who is uh, a writer um and posts you know amusing just tidbits of either made-up wisdom or bits of fiction or different things like that to uh, their Facebook page um, often sends little dispatches there um, from uh, their perspicacious loris which, uh, you know I I know that that slow loris is one of those things um, but it's kind of one of those things that's been in my consciousness a little more than I feel like the average person's because I have this friend <laughs> who keeps talking about lorises. Sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I knew this was a loris just right out of the gate with a description of the slow part. Um, you know, that's, that's the one that's um, most like familiar to me uh, just because it's another one of those sticky phrases like slow loris mm-hmm. is just oh, yeah. calling any animal slow yeah. is a departure from yeah. most animal type descriptors yeah um, usually you're talking about a, a characteristic that's you know very notable and having it be slow is like slots are about the only other thing that i would think you might describe that way so you know um i, I initially did sort of think like when i first read like dark rings i was that makes me think of lemurs but then getting to um the end of the description with the slow part i knew this would be the loris and it was indeed question two asks us for the curve generated by the equation x squared over a squared plus y squared over b squared equals one this is one of those things that i i knew i had seen in my various math classes but just couldn't remember uh i figured it was you know something that um you know the thing that's always difficult for me with these is remembering like if this is a curve are we talking about just on the xy plane or are we talking about a surface that's 3d and when you have other variables in there 
but they're not labeled like Z for the Z axis to make it 3D, then it's kind of like that. That's always a mental struggle of like, okay, this is a line curve, not a, a curved planar surface or whatever it, you, know, you call it. Um, but that still didn't help me. Like the, the closest I could get, like it, when I see these, I always try to do some level of math calculations with them and you can't really do like it, it, it doesn't actually produce a good picture for me. Uh, anyway, what I guessed was spiral. Yeah, my first thought was sphere because of mm. the like the multiple axes. But then I thought, no, that that would be the Z axis. Mm -hmm. um, and I just couldn't. And then I thought, well, it, it looks like a circle, but I just couldn't figure out what the hell A and B were supposed to be. Yeah. And I thought, well, uh, are they? They're somewhere in the slope equation too. Okay. Like. Yeah, that's true. X a plus y equals b or some nonsense like that i just mm. didn't remember i just couldn't think of it i tried to picture it without actually writing it down because i can never remember whether that's cheating <laughs> um i'm gonna err on the side of it not being so i tried to imagine it and i couldn't mm -hmm. imagine it because i'm not good at math equations and imagining them if i were <laughs> i would well i would have ended up the same place because i wouldn't have been good enough at it to be a mathematician but mm. i can't do it at all so I just sort of punted and said sine wave maybe because mm, you know that, that sort too, of goes yeah. up and down and that would be that, that seems like a thing where the where your uh, where your 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 x and y's are on both sides of the equal sign for an equation would be mm -hmm, something that would be mm -hmm. recurring like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, for lack of anything else i said sine wave and i actually zeroed this because both of my opponents today had math as their top <laughs> or second best category yeah so i figured okay this is going to be one of the really obvious ones probably that everybody who maths knows mm -hmm. but i ain't that yeah same well sort of same like the correct answer was ellipse mm -hmm. which is definitely like if you're good at math you're probably like in in the math trivia category you're probably going to know that yep. and i did zero my regular rundle opponent but three the private rental because that was the opposite uh, <laughs> thing. I don't know if that was the right call though because it's, that's the kind of thing that might be the odd thing someone, you know, remembers from class. Who knows? Yeah. Turns out that A and B are where the the ellipse crosses the x and y axis. Okay. Or something like that. Someone sure. tried to explain it to me and it kind of slid off my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, smooth brain right now. Yeah. Uh, indeed. So moving on uh, to better territory. Uh, question five asks us for a name that, or rather a two word nickname that applies to a witch in a Robert Burns poem and uh, a Scotch whiskey that uses a clipper ship that also had that name as its logo. Uh, and the, the one that got me was the logo and the whiskey mm -hmm. and just seeing this ad a lot in magazines when yeah. i was growing up mm -hmm. um i think in particular I, th I feel like games magazine for some bizarre reason always had cutty sark ads in it mm. i could be wrong but um but j just generally it was one of the ones that advertised fairly heavily in a lot of places and it was cutty sark uh -huh. and it uh, you know, was it the name of an actual ship? Yeah, I believe it was. Was it the, the nickname for a witch in a poem? Okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Even though it totally didn't make any sense that way, but it worked for all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'll go with Cuddy Sark. 
Yeah, I, I had much the same thought process. Like, I would never have got it out of the Burns poem. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't have got it out of the famed British clipper ship by itself. Yeah. But the Scotch whiskey, I sure have seen that logo a lot of times. Uh, lots of magazine ads or even just in the liquor aisle or whatever at a store. Um, and yeah, Cuddy Sark was um, another sticky kind of phrase. Like there's no, I can't think of another alcohol that really sounds much like it. Um, it certainly makes sense as something emerging from Scottish. Um, but it's just an odd, you know, Cuddy isn't really a real word. Sark isn't a word like that. It's it's so distinctive that that combination of letters by itself kind of kind of stands out. And mm. so um, that paired with the distinctive ship logo. Yeah, it's I, that was my only option that I was ever going to put down. Yep. And that was correct. Mm -hmm. Question six asks us, are you a parent of a child <laughs> under 25 years old? Yeah. Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. It asks about a uh, an animated series that features a bunny named Max and an older sister named what? Ruby. Yep. Max and Ruby. Yeah. Ruby and Max. Yep. Um, yes, this is a very uh, adorable, uh, bordering on twee. Um... Oh, very twee. <laughs> super twee. And not even bordering on it. It's no, pretty much twee. situated right in the land of twee. Yeah. Um, uh, it is both uh, a series of books and an animated series. Uh, I didn't realize that it was from a Canadian animation studio, but that makes all of the sense in the world. Um, and it's a series that I think has been on PBS Kids, I want to say, or Nickelodeon or something like that. It was Maybe. Uh, yeah. on for quite a while. But also, uh, my dear mother, whose birthday was September 15th, this very mm -hmm. day, had many, many Max and Ruby DVDs uh, available to put on when her uh, grandchildren, when they were little, uh, would come to her house. And so we have watched a lot of Max and Ruby, uh, sometimes repeatedly watched the same Max and Rubies. <laughs> um, and so it's very hard for me to score this one without knowing whether people are parents that I'm up against. Um, you know, I... I didn't score it very highly, but I may regret that because, you know, I really don't know how much this kind of thing filtered out into the overall culture, you know, in general. Um, I'm a little worried about that. But uh, long story short, I had this one dead to rights <laughs> uh, as soon as we got to Rosemary Wells being the source of the... Mm -hmm. the um, mm -hmm. Uh, creative property, so I put down Ruby. Yeah, same here. Okay. Uh, as soon as I saw Rosemary Wells, I thought, oh, this is going to be about Max and Ruby. And I said, oh, Max, okay, your sister mm -hmm. name? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the tough part was scoring, and I just kind of looked over at my what I, what I could deduce of my opponents from their profile and thought, this one probably is not a parent. I'm going to go with two. <laughs> this one probably, uh, this one might be a parent. I'm going to go with one. Mm -hmm. and that was mm -hmm. that and, and i thought even if uh even if they're not i'm not going to three this just because yeah. you might have just absorbed it from you know your sister's kids mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. something like that so yeah it's definitely um it's uh, you know both the books and the series 
have a very distinctive style Mm because the bunnies are very kind of chunky and bunchy Mm -hmm. looking um, and and very cutely rendered, but sort of like detailedly rendered um, compared to some animated series. Yeah, very detailed Um, animation. And they, you know, there are some distinctive things about it, like the toys that Max plays Mm -hmm. with always are sort of an interesting gimmick and kind of have a sly, like weirdness to them mm-hmm. um you know and the, the it's just very quirky yeah. so like if you run across it at all it probably yeah. sticks with you and, and the, the theme, theme song, song <laughs> is very repetitively reminding you of the names um even though uh ruby does most of the talking because she's older and max mostly just says like a word at a time <laughs> so he doesn't often say his sister's name mm. but she's always telling him what to do yeah. max, max don't, don't do, do that. that um and so you can tell like how it burrows into your brain if oh, you man, kind of run across it, so it. um so yeah it's very hard to tell i i factored canadianness into my scoring a little bit because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, my private rental opponent is went to a canadian university or is located there or whatever uh and i thought ooh, maybe it's more um you know it might if it was made there um then there might be more like ubiquity to it there like huh. you know if it got on cbc or whatever um so yeah anyway that definitely was the correct answer and and uh had I, I tried to not have the uh theme song stuck in my head for the rest of the day <laughs> yeah. but that only left me with four i'm not yep. super thrilled with that I, yeah, I had five and math is a is a known bad thing for me i don't know mm, where it is in my exactly in my yeah. list but it's like probably bottom three or four yeah it's not great for me either yeah because i just don't remember these basic definitions and such yeah and for the so record you know i like i've i've you know moaned about math questions many time not this one this is a perfectly legitimate like what does this formula refer to yeah i suppose so if i can answer it in a word mm-hmm. you know it's probably a perfectly cromulent math question is math trivia question as far as i'm concerned so um yeah so i just i just wanted to say that about that um <laughs> So that I'm not against all math, just doing math. Fair. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I had I was surprised to have a win yesterday, finally after a long slide, oh. um, and so I'm hopeful that some of these will be um, a little more obscure to people than they are to me, because um, they they hit kind of an interesting set of knowledge that I happen to have. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like they were all sort of like, you know, again, not everybody has a friend who's posting fictional Loris quips yeah. on, on their Facebook page um, or, you know, remembers the ads in probably Rolling Stone or something or the New Yorker for Cuddy Sark. Yep. Um, and I have no idea what to think about Ruby and Max either. I, um, it, that one was very uh, spotty, as I recall, in our friend group. One of our mm. friends who I wish I thought probably would know it because of the age of her kids, her kid rather. Um, and then another friend who doesn't have kids, but is a teacher and lives with other, you know, uh, parents who have kids. So, um, so yeah, that one could be an interesting 
uh, and weirdly skewed one. Yep. Hard to predict. Yep. Anyway, that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat.